Welcome to the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson. Wife, mom blessed by adoption, Jesus freak, wonderluster, overcomer, encourager, and an intentional living coach for moms. If you've stumbled upon this podcast, you're likely a Christian mom who's seeking more peacefully productive days. And what does that mean when we put it together? Well, first and foremost, we're focused on the peace that surpasses understanding and the steadfast loving kindness that comes from our Father in heaven. Next, we're focused on being good stewards of all our gifts and resources that we have been given in this life. And next, we want to be productive members of our family and our home, as well as our community and the kingdom. So if that sounds like you, let's go dig into today's episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. Hello, sisters, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life podcast. I am so excited to share this knowledgeable guest with you today. And before I read her bio, I just want to share a secret, (laughs) if you will. Um, She is my Aunt Keela. And funny story, I remember back when I was in first grade and she was a substitute teacher for my class. And it was so difficult for me to call her by her teacher name. It was uh, Aunt Keela. And she's like, stop calling me that. So super fun. She is a wife and a mother. She has a 23-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter, my cousins, whom I love. She has always found work to be her play. She's a licensed professional counselor, the owner of the Art of Creative Dimensions, Inc., and the counselor, um, and the counseling, oh, and also the owner of the Counseling and Wellness Center in Hillsdale, Michigan. She also works as a health coach and educator for Henry Ford Alliance Health and is a certified teacher and school counselor serving as a K through 12th grade mental health specialist at Stockbridge Community Schools. Wow. Huge introduction. Is there anything else you would like to share? Yes. It's Henry Ford Allegiance Health, just so we know, just so that way I don't get. What did I say? (laughs) Alliance? Alliance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's all good. All good. (laughs) No, I think that's enough said. (laughs) Okay. I'm a little nutty. (laughs) A little nutty. Lots of hats. Um, but you know what, what I love about it is it's all in the same like arena and industry. It's all in your area of specialties and, um, specialties. Is that a word? We're just having fun with this episode today (laughs) before we get serious, I guess. One of the things I really loved when I was talking to Keela before doing this podcast is a couple of things that she shared with me that just really resonated with my message and my mission and really what God has put on my heart. And one of the things that she has said was that she believes most people are doing the best that they know how. And once they take a little time or energy to understand themselves more, they're able to do things differently and generally for the better when having the space held for them to explore and discover. Do you want to share anything more about that? Like, where did that come from? I'm just, that hits me hard and I fully agree. Mm -hmm. 
I think for that, um, it goes into being a child, right? Being a child and kind of those things that um, we think about as we're growing up and the maybe the things that aren't so easy or that we get challenged by or that our parents tell us we can or can't do or um, that we might get frustrated. It could be situations as a student in school, um, different stuff like that. And as growing up, having my own children or doing the work as a counselor, just really kind of understanding it and knowing that um, our parents, our family members, uh, the teachers, you know, we all are kind of in this situation where we're trying to do the best that we can and, and oftentimes the best that we know how. It goes back to that saying, right? We know what we know and we don't know what we don't know mm-hmm. um, until we know, right? And uh, with that, it just gives us a different perspective. And so as a counselor, I have to really put that in play because if I don't believe that people are trying, um, I have to believe in the work that I do, right? In that aspect of holding that space for individuals. So I've learned more about trying to just make people feel welcome and helping um, acknowledge that they're doing the best that they know how at that time, but encouraging them to have that space to visit kind of what's going on for them. Yeah, that's huge. One of the things that um, is a really big phrase, like in the adoption community, is no better, do better. Um, right. And I don't know where where it originated or anything like that, but um, just leaning in and just, you know, a lot of people, I think, go into adoption with certain preconceived notions and ideas and um, even their own motivations behind adopting. And once you learn about adoption education and adoption trauma and all these other things, once you know better, then you're able to do better. And I think it's it's very similar here, just like you're saying, like there were so many tools that... Um, or even, you know, thought processes and stuff I didn't know about. And, Mm -hmm. and I was doing the best that I knew how, and I was drowning (laughs) like severely. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now I, I learned a lot and I have tools. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to approach, you know, situations and circumstances differently and have, have different outcomes because of that. So super cool. And I love that you had pointed out, like, really, we have to take the time and energy to understand ourselves a little bit more and like how we relate to the world and, and so much more. So very, very cool. Um, do you like, do you have any words of encouragement or advice or tips on like, if somebody is listening and they're like, well, how do I take the time and energy to understand myself more? Like, where do I go? Where do I turn? How do I find that? Right. You know, I think it's, it's different for each individual. Um, I'm a little biased as a counselor. However, um, we, we've got to start somewhere. And so part of it sometimes I, I, you know, think about situations, again, growing up or as I'm working, I do a lot of work with teens, teens and youth. Um, mm-hmm. And then I do a lot with the, the parenting aspect of it. And of course, the, the things that I thought I knew, right, from uh, doing parenting, when you're dealing with different personalities and different character traits for individuals and then doing it in the counseling realm. I encourage people sometimes to just step back. So if I'm talking to an individual themselves, for example, they might have other people, right? So I think of the fishbowl concept. Um, 
So there are things that we can be so wrapped up in and things that are so near and dear to our heart or so entwined or we're just like enmeshed in different situations that we need to kind of step back and we need to take that fishbowl look at kind of what is happening. And oftentimes people on the outside can see some of those things. And we can often get very defensive, right? Get very defensive because how dare they, they don't know, they don't know the details of what's going on, all of that type of stuff. So it's a, it's a fine line. It's a fine line about um, listening and not letting others just kind of take over your life either. And so I would say, first of all, just take note and look at, um, for example, when I do counseling, I tell individuals like, if you have stuff that's happened to you, you don't need to talk about all of it. That's my philosophy. You don't need to talk it all out. But if you do find that you're getting stuck, like a stick stuck in the mud, and you're not making progress or moving, or you're not happy where you're at, then you've got to possibly work through some of that. And that looks different. So I would say checking ourselves and then think about who's a good listener. And it's hard sometimes finding good listeners. Um, people like to be heard. And so they don't like using the two ears and the one mouth. So it's finding that. And the reason why I'm a little biased with the coaching or the counseling is because we're trained to listen. Mm -hmm. And we're trained in a way that even though we do deeply care and we're there to help others, we are not emoti um, we are not immediately attached or connected with the situation. So we do have that space and we do have that training to be able to step back and allow whatever processing needs to happen. Um, it could be with a pastor. It could be with somebody from the church. It could be with a good friend. And there might be a certain friend you want to talk about things with. But I encourage you, don't just go to the friend that's going to agree with you every time. Yes. You oh. make growth when you can challenge. Yes. Check your bias for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. I love so many things about what you said because they're like, I do have friends that I, they are my wise counsel. Like they're, they are the people that will speak truth to me um, mm -hmm. because they're bold enough and they love me enough too. Like, even if it's hard for me to hear, and even if I'm just like, I can't believe she said that to me, but then I can easily turn around and be like, you know what, that was for my good. She said that mm -hmm. in love, you know? And so I know I particularly one that's on my mind and I'm like, she's just been there a lot. And, and she's just a friend from church. Like it's not, mm -hmm. you know, she's not licensed or, or, you know, a coach or trained or anything like that, but I do consider her wise counsel and she listens and, mm -hmm. and she's bold to say the truth, but I agree with you too. And like, um, you know, finding somebody who, who is familiar with, um, you know, a trained ear to listen really. And, and somebody who you trust their insight and their counsel and where they're receiving their insight and wisdom from, um, like you said, whether that's a coach or a counselor or a pastor or a wise friend. And one of the other things that I wanted to touch on that you said was, um, you know, if you're feeling like a stick in the mud and, in like you said, maybe you don't need to talk about, you know, all the things that have happened in the past, but I know a couple of the things that you're really into, 
one of the things that you made me do almost a year ago when I was there visiting that I'm like, this is stupid, but I got so much out of it, um, was the sand play. I know you're also mm, into yoga yeah. and meditation. I know, um, lately I've really been into breath work and just really mm. taking the time to breathe and tap into that parasympathetic. Is that what it's yes. called system? Yes. Um, so I know that there are a lot of other ways besides talking it out. Um, but I do find a lot of us in this day and age are verbal processors. We need somebody to hear um, and somebody that's willing to listen. So do you want to touch on any of those other ways other than talking it out that you know of that could be helpful? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a plug, but not intentionally, but in, <laughs> but plug somewhat. away, <laughs> play on words. So, you know, I even look back, so it's funny, I, I laugh because I have actually planners from back in the day. I have my planners, my calendars, where I really kind of process through things. And it was just a way for me to organize my thoughts. And so I think for every individual, it's really important to kind of um, learn kind of what works for you. So for some people, it might be literally making that list, or it might be doing that pro and con list, or it might be... Um, one of my favorite things that I love to have people do is a web. And so it's really kind of starting with a circle in the center, um, putting your name in the middle, if that's what we're focusing on right now. So if we're focusing on ourselves, so I might put Keela in the middle. And then I do the little spokes off of it. So this is back from taking an English class or a creative writing class or something when you're trying to come up with ideas. But then whatever you're focusing on, and I encourage people to do... Um, a non-directive, meaning just whatever comes up, put something in that next circle, another circle, another circle, and then you continue spoking off of it. And the spokes will lead to other things and you'll see it start to take shape about some different themes that are coming up. Um, you could do it in a directed way, meaning you might start with your name in the middle. And let's say I'm trying to think about a job or I'm trying to think about, you know, what is my next step? What is my next goal? And you could like lay out like each of the different things could be those things that you're thinking of. And then just to take some spokes off of that. Um, I'm very much, like you said, into the sand tray world play. I've done tons of training on that. And it's just a different modality. It's a different way to be able to process because our bodies do remember. They remember a lot. And we do things through our five senses I would say probably six, seven senses, because there's lots of them out there, right? Our intuition being one, and then our other, our spiritual sense. Um, but being able to use different things, whether it be collage work, whether it be reading a book, there's uh, creative um, uh, journaling that you can do, any of that type of stuff that helps whether it be going out and taking pictures, right, to kind of do a photo journal, that type of thing to help process. So lots of ways. Wow. Super, super huge. Like, I did not expect to go like all this. But you know, you mentioned the web thing. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I remember when I was like, in the thick of counseling. Um, I, I was instructed to make one of these webs and now you've inspired me. I want to go dig it out and find it <laughs> and just like, you know, reread it. I really love revisiting like those powerful moments in my life because I know that sitting down and doing that web. And I think for me, it was about, it was about finding 
you know, like finding worth in myself and am I valuable just for existing kind of a thing, um, which is something funny enough in 2021, I really had to take some time wrestling with and, and digging back into. But one of the other things you said, I don't even know where this quote came from. Um, maybe it's like Dr. Lewis or something like that. I can't read it, but it says scientists determine that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse. Yeah. Is that what it is? In the brain, yeah. unless it's done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. And so I just thought about that when you talk about the sand play or even just like this photography and things like that, that can feel more like play, like joy. Yeah. Um, and just how much easier it is for our brain to like associate goodness with that. I don't know. I just somebody had shared that earlier today and it really popped into my mind when you had mentioned that. So, yeah, well, I'm going to take off on that one real quick too, and just yeah. think about that. So the synapses, the, the way that our body or our, our brains kind of connect and it's through, it, it looks like this, it's basically these synapses and they communicate, right? They have this connection together. And so when we get stressed out, what happens is this, and so we're not making that connection, right? Those fingers are not reaching out to each other to have that good communication. And so that can happen when we have stress cortisol that continues to run through our body. And so those types of things can kind of break down that communication, that clear thinking, that type of a thing. Um, and then I do the health coaching, right? And so all about coaching is creating habits that are, it's changing our habits. It's like, if we take something away, we've got to put something else in there that's a positive and it takes that repetition. But when we're acting on it and that gets us into some of those things, like I used to hate it when somebody would tell me that fake it till you make it, like act like you're happy and it ticked me off but you've got to make that change. Like we've got to get ourselves in that role and we've got to practice some of that. So yeah, yeah I could go on with that. <laughs> no, I hear that. And I think it's really important and really powerful because like, I know a lot of times I'm talking to moms and a lot of them moms with littles at home, like their kids are six years old and under a lot of the women mm -hmm. that I serve and maybe a lot of the women that are listening on here today. And it's like, that's a very stressful time in life. You're constantly putting out fires and breaking up fights and mm -hmm. like there's messes everywhere. Um, hopefully it's not actual fires, but like metaphorical <laughs> fires. Right. Um, but like the stress cortisol is high. And like you said, there's a breakdown mm -hmm. of communication and, um, and really like your emotional brain kicks in and your like mm -hmm. logical decision-making brain steps out and it's almost like that fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the kind of state that you get into when you have that right. stress cortisol elevated. Yes, and freeze. So we often oh. talk about fight and flight, but we forget about the freeze. And so honestly, a lot in this day and age, I see a lot of people doing the freeze. Mm. Um, so. So the fight part, remember, can be literally put up the dukes and let's fight. It can be with words. Yes. And so people don't think about that. The flight is avoidance or just getting out of there, like walking away. And then if you have opposites that are dealing with that, you've got somebody walking away while somebody's fighting after them. And so yes. they're getting more frustrated because. Um, and then the freeze looks like just shutting down, like just not like almost being incapacitated. Mm -hmm. Anyways 
not being able to do something, just kind of shutting down in that way where you just don't do anything. Um, and so we forget about that. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, like the disassociation. I was actually talking to somebody the other day about just excessive yelling, right? When mm. like, when a little kid's being yelled at all the time and they're around yelling all the time, that's what I was like, oh yeah, they're in flight mode. They're not even there. They flew away. They're gone. But really what they're doing is they're just freezing. They're just like, yeah. they're disassociated essentially, like blocking it yeah. out. They're not getting up and walking away because that's going to make the fight and the other person even worse. They've almost been trained to just freeze. Yeah. They're putting their armor up, right? To So yeah. they can kind of shut it off. One thing I am going to say about that, because you talked about working with littles, I'll share a quick story real um about a time because I am a busy person and I like to do a lot of things that some people realize. But um, I can remember we were building our house and we, um, I had an ice cream place and I think I was doing school counseling at the, yeah, I was a school counselor at the time too. Um, but my son was two years old at that time and we were building our place and we were walking up the stairs and I must have been pretty stressed out about something. And I can remember him stopping and peeing on the stairs. And I looked at him, I was like, what the heck? You know, our new house, our, like, what are you doing? Like, he's just peeing. And he had been potty trained in that. But what he did is he just peed. And I was, and then I had to catch myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, this poor kid, like we are going, going, going. My husband was working on stuff and he's got his own jobs. And um, here's this little guy, he was doing what he had control to do. And he was letting me know he was pissed off, right? <laughs> he was done with kind of where things were at. And he was letting me know, like he's tired of, and so I had to stop and I had to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so I just share that of, we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got whatever going on and our kids are like animals, right? They sense <laughs> and they feel feel that energy and we've got to keep that in mind and so mm -hmm. when we can calm down um that is something for us to be aware of yeah i love that and i thank you for sharing that and even just like talking about this freezing and me talking about yelling like this is so i just got back from this like little me treat and whatever and, and a big part of it was um like, I'm not proud of the way that I'm showing up as a mom mm -hmm. these last few weeks. And I have been yelling and I don't want to yell at my son at all, mm -hmm. like ever. And, um, and I have been raising my voice and I'm just like, I don't like this. And so mm -hmm. I did, I had to take the time to step away and give myself that fishbowl perspective. Like you're talking about the outside looking in, okay, what is actually coming up in me and why am I doing this? Why am I having these responses? He's two, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. just like you're saying, like, I love that you said kids are like animals <laughs> because I often, mm -hmm. before I was a mom compared other people's kids to my dog. And then now yeah. people are like, oh, I don't mean to compare your kid <laughs> to my cat, but I'm like, no, like they're like animals. You have to train them, mm -hmm. right? So, um, but also that spurred up another story in me, um, about like, I remember when we were stationed overseas, I was a babysitter for a little boy, um, his dad deployed and he was potty trained and I would be the one to pick him up from preschool, um, and take him home, like do some homework just till mom got home from work. And he had really regressed on his potty training and was all the time like, you know, going number one and number two in his pants. And, and that was one of the things she was, the mom was like really embarrassed by it. And I'm like, look, this is the right. one thing this kid knows how to have control over in his life. Like his dad right. is gone halfway across the world. 
he doesn't understand, you know? And so it was one of those situations where, um, it's crazy because I, I was like, played a big hand in repotty training him. And she really like thanked me and appreciated me for that, Mm. which also speaks to me because I'm kind of terrified to potty train Mm. my son right now. (laughs) So we're waiting till he's ready. We talk about it. We have fun. Like, you know, let's sit on the toilet and read books, but he's just not shown any signs of being ready and is really resistant and I'm not going to push it. Um, but I wonder too, how much my energy's playing into that now that you mention it. So funny. I think these stories are always fun and just really put a real, real life emphasis into the podcast. Um, so super funny. I know I remember this story. Like I remember when it happened, (laughs) you know, that you had (laughs) shared about your son and speaking of, right. You're my aunt and whatever else. And so I, I actually had Keila fill out a form like I do for all of my podcast guests and something that she wrote in there, just like, I was, I was blown away. Um, and so I just want to read it to you guys because it really resonates with my heart. And then Keila, you're welcome to like add anything to it, but I just think it's a really beautiful and powerful message. Um, and I see a lot of this in myself too. And so she said, she has the gift of seeing the big picture while also understanding the minute details. She's very diverse and driven. Some of her gifts and purpose include care and compassion while holding the space for others to explore and grow like we talked about in the beginning, while often being encouraged and challenged not to settle or stay stuck, but to explore their gifts and talents. She has the gift of entrepreneurship, which technically isn't a word, but she's going to stick with it. (laughs) And the love for exploring, learning, coaching, and teaching, which, um, I don't know, I just love all of that. Like, is there anything that you want to add to that? I just think people needed to hear that. And I don't know why, but yeah. I think, you know, one of the biggest things, um, let's see if I can get this saying right, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, mm. right? And so it's one of the deals, um, even as I'm counseling, I did not do things perfect. None of us are perfect, right? We are not. And so there are things that I definitely would do differently as a mother. Um, there are things that maybe I wish were done differently in my life as growing up. Um, but I tell even individuals when I'm working with them, is, you know, do the best you can, right? Do the best you can. Sometimes we got to do it for someone else, but it's, um, it's, it's keeping that awareness that we, we can really learn when we're teaching because we hear the words come out of our mouth Mm -hmm. and then we got to reflect on them. So I even have to be careful, um, that I am not showing more grace to my clients than I do my own family. And that's hard. It's a hard thing because, right, we're emotionally attached. And so this is one of those things where they say that you don't counsel your friends and family. Mm. It's there for a reason because it becomes very tough. It becomes Mm -hmm. a very hard thing um, because you do have that emotional attachment. Again, when I do counseling, when I'm teaching, I do, I tell the kids, I tell the teens, like you guys are my kids too. Like you are my teens. You, you know, you're like family to me because I do want the best for them, but it is different when it's coming back to our own home. So sometimes I'll have stuff that I'm saying to a parent that I'm working with because I do a lot with that. And I have to remind myself that take note, take note because as you're saying this are you hearing yourself and then knowing that you that I need to do differently in my own home right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so um thinking of that and then 
I just, you know, it's hard, the hardest thing to watch um, somebody stay stuck. And it's something that I, it's been my motto. <laughs> like I, um, I have to be careful because you can also take that to the nth degree and not staying stuck and then constantly trying to change. Mm. And it goes back to that saying, wherever you go, there you are. Mm. And so sometimes we do have to play in the mud a little bit. And in my horse world, I do, you know, the equine assisted therapy, we talk about chewing on it. Sometimes uh, when horses are thinking they're chewing. And so sometimes we got to chew on it. Sometimes we got to stick it in our little toe for when we need it later. And I don't put all my eggs in one basket, but I don't recommend that for everybody because that's not for everybody either. Sometimes it's easier for people to just focus on one thing. So we have to be careful that we're not also placing our judgment, our what works for us. I don't expect anybody to try to do the things that I do schedule-wise. I maybe do have high expectations a little bit, but, right. um, but I don't expect or want people to be as nutty as I am because my energy is different. I just am different. And some of it's probably out of avoidance for certain things, but it's what's working for me now. It's what I'm doing. Yeah. I love that. I, I agree. And it's, it's one of my big mottos that I stand on is like, we're not cookies. We can't all fit mm. in this like cookie cutter model we're, we're human beings and we all have different experiences and different perceptions and different size backpacks that can carry different loads. We all mm -hmm. have, like you were, you were saying before, different, um, resiliency factors, like, right. and it all adds up to be who we are and we are unique individuals. And I, I'm the same way, like, just because I can carry a rucksack with 55 pounds doesn't mean the next guy can just because I can spin 10 plates yeah. in the air and only drop one of them doesn't mean somebody else is going to be the same. And so right. I laugh when you say that, because like, like Robbie said, where do you think you got it? Sasha? <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I've learned that too. Like I can't hold anybody else to the expectations and standards that I hold myself to, but touching on the other thing you said, learning by teaching, I'm like, man, every time I have a conversation with one of my clients. I learn from it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it goes back to that holding the space too, because yes. really they say words and I repeat their exact words verbatim right. back to them, or they say words and they're like, I can't believe I'm saying that it sounds stupid mm -hmm. now that I've said it or whatever else, you know, they're able to just like see from the outside perspective, but also, um, you know, I, I feel like it's really cool how God brings people together. Mm -hmm. And it's a place of gratitude that I'm sitting in right now because every single one of my clients has brought up something that is something in me and so, or something right. for me. And I, I can give them advice and then I'm like, yep. And you need to listen to this too, Sasha, you need to do this too, Sasha. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a really cool space to be in where, you know, I'm, I'm putting air quotes up, I'm helping them, but they're also helping me. And right. so it's, um, it's reciprocal and it's really cool that learning mm -hmm. by teaching motto. Yes. Um, so one of the things, if you are local in Michigan um, to where Keela is, her and her daughter are um, finishing up their yoga mm -hmm. teaching certification. Um, they've been in the process of creating a Zen den to offer a variety of yoga classes. Um, and it's including a focus of so many different things, self-care, stretching, exercise, mindfulness, meditation, relaxation, the list goes on. 
Um, and so they're, they're going to be offering classes soon in exchange for constructive feedback. And, um, they've also got different goodies that you can jump into and, um, purchase there in their Zentrance, which I love these. I'm big on play on words. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that if you are local in Michigan, that you knew about that resource and Keela, is there anything else you want to add about that or, um, where people can find you? Um, maybe there's not friends or family, but, but people who are listening in Michigan, um, that might be like, man, maybe I do need to get out of this stick in the mud place. Maybe I do need counseling. Um, what advice or tips would you have for them in that too? Yeah. I, so I think a couple of things. Um, so I'll go to the, to the yoga type aspect of things. Um, this goes back into that teaching. Like I never take the time to kind of slow down in a lot of ways, but I've heard so many positive things about yoga. And so it was my way to force myself to do the work. So I, if I take it to teach it, then I know that I've got to focus the energy on it. And so, um, coming with that, I just encourage, there's all kinds of spaces. There actually are a ton of different yoga spaces and I encourage you to try it, be brave about it. Like just check it out. There's a lot of online. You can start off doing it that way to kind of be able to, um, acclimate yourself boy, I went in not knowing anything, um, but it's, it's pretty cool. And even just the breath work thing. Um, so with that, like we are just kind of getting it started, kind of checking it out. But when it comes to like, even the counseling, like it's tough right now. It's like one of the things that we have got to do so much work on. You know, I laugh, I was a school counselor for many years and then they were kind of downsized. And when I left from the elementary I was at, they didn't fill my position and wow. Lordy B have a pandemic and all of a sudden they realize that mental health is an important thing and now right. they're hiring people left and right. Um, so that can be the hard thing, right? Sometimes finding counseling and because it is a tricky thing, um, I encourage individuals sometimes to start off with your insurance company. If you have insurance, start off that way, find out who the providers are in your area. You can also check with your primary care doctor. Um, starting with a doctor helps get you kind of linked into resources that they may be aware of and check around with friends. Like we have got to quit the stigma on this mental health mm -hmm. and going to a counselor is not just, um, a lot of times people think about it like grief and loss and really kind of heavy stuff, but we need to realize grief and loss actually goes on in a lot of ways, right? There's a difference between the, the death of somebody super close to us, those types of things that is a certain grief and loss but we are grieving and losing a lot of different stuff each day. I don't wanna minimize grief and loss, but um, it also can be about building goals, about just bettering ourselves or just checking in, um, having that, uh, that stabilization for ourselves or just wanting to do well, that's okay too. Um, so if you have insurance call to find out, cause that's the really important thing is if you're um, expecting to use insurance, otherwise, if you don't have insurance, maybe looking through pastoral, um, you can do that as well through your church. Oftentimes they will offer, uh, services there. If it's somebody that's of, um, college age there, there are the counseling centers that are on campus and. Um, there's also community mental health that can start off. So a lot of times the community mental health will take care of like Medicaid um, for individuals. And then the other thing is, is kind of, you can get on the computer and kind of look and kind of narrow things down. Um, 
and get on it sometimes it is it's word of mouth and you've got to understand about counseling or coaching any of that there are all different individuals that are out there doing it the more that you're honest and the more that you show up like in that space and help them it's like you wouldn't go to a pizza place and just take whatever pizza well i i might but you wouldn't just take whatever pizza you would expect to order what you wanted and so help that counselor help that coach mm. know what works for you um the tough thing is and like sasha mentioned very much in counseling it is holding that space and allowing somebody to kind of talk their talk and then hear themselves you know when uh, back in school or nowadays too, they even take like the PVC pipe and they create the little phones for the kids. So that way they can read their story. So they put the opening towards their mouth and they put the other opening towards the ear. So the kid can read their story and hear it because we process things differently. And so it's almost that same concept. Um, and so just to know that having a counselor there's a lot of training where people are just listening people are like i don't want to have somebody just listen i could talk to my dog and hear myself <laughs> yeah. but the other part is um knowing that if you do want somebody that's going to challenge you a little bit more let them know that um, the other thing is call yourself out on it if you're just going there and you're yakking and telling a bunch of bull your loss you're yeah. cheating yourself and so I just want to share that as well. <laughs> that is so huge. There are so many things that you said um, that I just really want to touch on. One thing is like to quit the stigma on mental health and in counseling. And I feel like this, it ties into coaching too, but touching on the counseling aspect first, like, I mean, when I went to counseling and therapy, I was a very broken person. I was desperate. I was in, in such a bad space. Like I didn't want to live anymore. Do not get to that point. Um, and I think a huge part and reason that I got there is I, I allowed myself to, I almost forced myself to, because I couldn't go unless I was broken enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be in that space. You could have one small thing that you're trying to overcome and to go seek guidance from a counselor and, and overcome it like that. Or you can sit in it and let it spool and dig a deeper hole and become something that it doesn't need to be just by trying to grip the wheel and, and fight it on your own. And so just, just to encourage that, like going to counseling does not mean that you're broken. It's not a bad thing. And just like you said, a lot of times it's just hearing, allowing yourself the space to really explore how you feel and what's going on inside, getting the stuff out. Um, but doing it with, with somebody who is trained with a listening ear, like you said, the first couple of months that I was in counseling was just talking. And mm -hmm. then it was the trained ear of my counselor who realized like I was suffering from PTSD and recommended some EMDR therapy and it changed my life. And yeah. had I not had that, I can't even imagine where I would, where I would be today. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's allowing yourself to, to have that space, but to do it with somebody who, um, who's able to have that outside look and really be trained on, on techniques and things that can help you. And I know a lot of people won't go to counseling because then they're like, well, I don't want to be prescribed medication. I was never on medication. Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband, he says, yeah, he thinks everyone should go to counseling. Everyone should have a counselor. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Right. And, and then I feel like there's that space too, where life coaching comes in. Cause 
I've heard somebody say this, which I don't know if you would agree with it necessarily, but like counseling is a lot looking at the past of like what you've been through and overcoming it. Whereas coaching is more so looking at the future. Where do you want to go and help bridging the gap to get there? Um, and so I, I can see sometimes a small area of overlap, but definitely two different fields, different approaches, um, and, and training behind them. But even people look at, at coaching and like, you don't need a life coach. Does anybody need a life coach? I don't know, but do you want a life coach? Do you see the value and benefit in that? Do you see this particular person in their style and their training and the way that they're showing up being somebody who's able to help you get to where you're trying to go? And so that leads me into what you were saying about, um, you know, be honest and show up and, and every counselor is different. I've been to many different counselors in my life. And some I found way more helpful than others. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so it is, you can't just go to one and be like, counseling's not for me. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage any of the listeners in that, that if you go to one and it, and it, and you don't feel like it's for you speak to them, maybe they do have have tools and techniques and approaches. I remember one of my counselors that I went to, I was like, well, I didn't want to hire you because you're not a Christian counselor. And then she had explained to me licensing requirements, whatever. She can't list herself as that because yada, yada, all these state requirements, but she shared in the faith and she was willing to use whatever techniques I saw best. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, it was really cool to have that space. And so you can't just try one and call it quits. Um, so yeah, be honest, show up, do the work, like it'll take you far. Yes. And one more thing I want to share, because it just made me think about this too. So as we're talking to mamas, right? And sometimes mamas have those significant others that they are working with or papas or dads or whatever, you know, sometimes you might be dealing with some frustrations in the relationship because it's the hardest work that we do. And then when you've got two different people that are on that playing field in it, it makes things tough. It brings tension. Like if you, if you've got one parent, that's kind of like the hardcore and you've got one that's kind of really relaxed, that creates some tension. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the other thing is if you do feel like you need to go to counseling or there is something going on in your relationship as a couple, understand that sometimes you just can't get that other person to go. And you know what, you gotta let that be. Because again, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, Mm. but you can still do your work. And so I encourage you sometimes, and there's the prayerful wife, there's the prayerful husband. Sometimes we've got to do our work on ourselves because it's about our perception and the way that we're showing up and the way that we're processing things. I got to remind myself of that all the time. (laughs) I'm over here like, yes, yes. Like clapping, not too loud because I didn't want (laughs) to interrupt, but yes, do your work. And even you mentioning that thinking back, I had a lot of work to do in myself and I don't think my husband ever would have considered going to counseling. Um, I went to counseling because I knew I needed to. And and I wouldn't even say we were having problems or he was having problems. I, Mm -hmm. I, I would say I knew, but believed, you know, a lot of the problems were, were my own to work through, but then I was going to counseling and he saw the growth and the transformation and the change in me. And he thought, well, heck, maybe I need to go to counseling. (laughs) My problems did then end up producing problems in our marriage and in our relationship. A lot of it stemming from me. Um, 
And we started going to marriage counseling too. And so we, we've done it all. We've done the whole gamut. But the thing is, we care more about our relationship with each other. And we care more about our mental health and how we're showing up in the world, how we're showing up towards each other, towards our friends, towards our other family members, towards our kid, that we're willing to do the work. And so I love that you had said that is like, do your work, focus on what your contribution is and where you can improve to make the situation better. And a lot of times like that speaks volumes. People mm-hmm. want to improve themselves and they want to remain in your space when you've done the work. So thank you for saying that and pointing it out because super huge. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I am going to drop um, information in the show notes of where you are able to um, have any resources, whether that's reaching out to um, Tequila, finding out about this Zenden, or um, maybe we'll even drop some resources just for where you can look for for a lot of the different things that we had mentioned. And um, if you have any further questions or any comments, definitely jump into the Intentional Abundance community. Tequila is in there because like I said, she's my aunt. Um, and so we can, we can get some more information to you that way. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. If you are needing a listening ear, um, I can direct you to her or many other resources that I have, or even reach out to the people in my community, um, and find you any help or assistance that you might need. Remember we've gone through so much in here today that I can't even, my head is spinning. So, so we'll definitely have to, to sum this up and give you guys a a closing recap. So jump in the community and, and we'll probably plug some resources in there for you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a blessed week. Take care of yourselves. Do the work. (laughs) Woohoo. like a hot mess lately the new year's begun we're a month in and you're like man i'm not as far as i thought i would be by now maybe you find yourself struggling with that god first god focused life you don't even know where you would find quiet time or time to get in the word maybe you're not being a patient and intentional parent with your kids maybe you have no quality time with your husband Maybe it looks like you're not taking very good care of your home or able to keep up with all the chores. Is self-care a word that doesn't really make sense to you because you're not taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, nor mentally? Maybe you're not being intentional with your friendships or community. Or maybe it's about those God-sized dreams that you keep putting off. Well, I have something in store for you. Coming up later this month, I'm going to be hosting the Chaos to Clarity Workshop. I truly want moms to cut the chaos and overwhelm and replace it with clarity, peace, intentional living, and abundance. Because I believe that these things are for you. I have a heart for seeing mamas live peacefully productive days yes doing all the things but only all the things that are meant for you so if this sounds like something you'd be interested in mark your calendars for the early morning 
if you're in Alaska, late morning if you're on the East Coast, for February 19th. Jump in the Intentional Abundance community to make sure you have first dibs on hearing more about this event as it unfolds.